This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, Cardinal fans. I'm Ozzie Smith. Smith, Corks one into right down the line. It may go. And you're listening to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Here's your host. Brett McMillan. Hello, welcome to the August 28th edition of the Cardinals Insider Podcast. My name is Brett McMillan, and this is kind of a fun anniversary in Cardinals history. Ripped into right, Kerry Robinson, a hero tonight. 3-2, the Cardinals win it. Yes, August 28th, the anniversary of St. Louis native Kerry Robinson's famous three nights in August walk-off home run against the Chicago Cubs. It happened 15 years ago on the release date of this podcast. That is August 28th, 2003. Kerry still around as a Cardinal scout. In today's episode, we're going to take some time to catch up with two other alumni as well, the first being Larry Walker. He's got a connection to current Cardinal Tyler O'Neill. Plus, we'll talk with John Tudor about his career and his res, uh, <laughs> recollections rather, of Vince Coleman, who just went into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Of course, both of those men shared a big stage in 1985 with two career best seasons for each of them. We'll talk about 85 with John Tudor in just a couple of minutes. But before we get to that, a reminder that there's just three homestands left in 2018, including the one that is currently taking place downtown. Been a fun second half. If it turns into history this October, you're going to want to make sure that you came down and saw it here on the home stretch. So don't miss the Cardinals and Reds Bush Stadium this weekend. Great giveaways all series long. That includes the 1982 championship beer stein, an embroidered jersey, and a Cardinals Build-A-Bear. Get your tickets now at cardinals.com slash promotions. That's a diverse weekend, kind of something for uh, anybody that might want to come down from little kiddos up to adults, uh, just fun items all weekend. You want to come down and take in that series. Again, cardinals.com slash promotions. All right. I said, first up, Larry Walker. He's a native of Maple Ridge, British Columbia, Canada, as is Tyler O'Neill. Larry talks about his connection to Tyler through Canadian baseball. They know each other not just because of the hometown, but because they are both uh, pretty good and notable players to come out of the country of Canada. Plus, we'll talk about memories from those great 04 and 05 teams that Larry was a part of. Here he is, Larry Walker, on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. First thing I'd like to ask you about is just Canadian baseball in general, because Tyler is is part of the organization. We were talking to him about it. To represent Canada when you were playing in the big leagues, what did that mean to you? Well, big thrill. I think one of the reasons there's not a lot of Canadians in the game, especially when I broke into the big league back in 89. So uh, a lot more have become well-known, established, great players. You know, uh, you see it happening right now with Joey Votto and what Justin Morneau was able to do. And then Tyler's knocking on the door now of being another superstar. Why is that? It's, it does seem like there's more players coming out of Canada. Is something happening there with the, the youth programs that is making it that way, so more guys are making it further? 
I think that uh, some better coaching and guys maybe heading south a little bit to get out of some snowy weather to get more playing time. But I think they're seeing success too from other players, and that's a great motivation to, to make them maybe take that leap. Sounds like you know Tyler a little bit. I know you guys are from the same town. Um, how, how much do you know him? How well do you know him? And, and where did you first meet him? Well, I won't say I know him super well, but I know him enough that uh, when the few times I've coached Team Canada, he's been on the teams and been a huge impact, hitting fourth for us and, and doing some damage in the middle of the lineup. You know, we won the Pan Am Games together up in Toronto a couple of years ago, and it was a huge thrill. And, uh, you know, he's got all the ability in the world, and if he can put it all together and, and be consistent with it, this, uh, he's going to be up here with a Cardinal uniform on for many years. I know he respects you because I've heard him say that before. Was he kind of bending your ear a lot when he first met you, saying, hey, tell me about this or that from the big leagues? Uh, not not a lot. You know, he's, uh, I think he's got an idea of what he wants to do in his head, so he, he goes about his ways and, um, you know, he just, like I say, he needs to hone things a little bit and he can get a little erratic and out of control, but once he learns, the, learns how it works up here in the big leagues where that you get into a little slump, the scouts are going to find every weakness you have, so you better you know, learn to make adjustments because that's what it is up here. 2004, you come over to the Cardinals. When you first found out that you were going to be a Cardinal and you'd been traded here, do you remember what your, your initial reaction was? Well, I knew I just said no to two other teams, and it, it took me a couple of days to say no. And then when I got told I was going to the Cardinals, I, I went into the, into the office and I came back out, and I think it was maybe three minutes, and it was like, yep, this is going to happen. It, wasn't, it was really a no-brainer. I don't even think I talked to family or friends about it. Uh, uh, I've come here as a visitor for so many years and, and seen the Cardinal red, and to be able to put that uniform on, uh, I couldn't wait. You know, and didn't help that they're there in 15 games or so in front of first place too. So that was a big thrill. Those really were some exceptional teams. To you, as a guy who was was part of those teams in 04 and 05, what made you guys able to seemingly just, I mean, get hits, push across runs, really, no matter what the situation was? Well, we had some big thump in the lineup. You know, Edmonds rolling and Pujols in the middle of the lineup uh, was a, a big part of that in 04. Uh, pitching was consistent and guys were healthy. And, uh, and then the other thing that I found when I came over here is the confidence that was just looming in the clubhouse. You know, before we even took the field, uh, you could just see that guys weren't worried about who the other team was we were playing or who the pitcher was. Uh, it was a feeling like I had in 94 with the Expos. We just took the field not thinking we are going to win, but kind of knowing, and that's how it felt taking the field that year. In those LCSs against Houston, where it just seemed like every pitch, the whole building was hanging on it, how does that make you better as a player when you see the guys on the other side, you know, Clemens and Berkman, what he was doing, and knowing that, I mean, every pitch could be the pivotal pitch in the game? Well, that's, you know, there was a lot of a bat you'd almost give yourself up for just to move runners over because it was that type of series where you had to push a run across somehow or another. You couldn't just sit there and rely on a bomb. And, uh, you know, we had our share of them, but we also had a lot of great pitching, base running, fielding, and then just singles hitting, you know, just a lot of things worked for us there. And it was, a, it was, an, it was an amazing, exciting series. I just remember being on the field and not even be able to hear Bagwell talking beside me when I'm standing on first. It was just so loud. In 04, getting to go to the World Series, I mean, any time that a player gets to that point, it's special. Even the guys that don't play, you know, that do play big league baseball, not everybody gets there. What was that like for you in this city to get there? Again, as you mentioned, the history of this franchise. Right. Well, yeah, my first time there, uh, surprisingly, my nerves weren't too bad. You know, I, I, I've said this a few times. The most thing I was nervous about uh, on game, game one in Boston was the fact that Steven Tyler from Aerosmith was singing the national anthem. I'm hitting second, so he's only a few feet away from me. So I was nervous looking at him, and I think that might have calmed me down and, and made things a lot easier. So 
Um, but uh, you know, you, you you live for that as an athlete. We we're all we're entertainers, man. We go out there and we want to entertain and we want to do well. And and you look for those moments when there's lots of cameras and lights and people going crazy. And uh, for me, that was that was the ultimate. I could, I could handle playing in that every year. It was only two years, but it felt like you were here a lot longer, at, at least to me. Do you have a favorite memory? From those two seasons, they were good seasons, so I'm sure it's hard to pick one. Well, I tell you, it doesn't get started without day one. So for me, day one coming here and striking out and getting a standing ovation was, uh, was you know, that was that was unbelievable. I, I, I still shake my head to that to this day, and um, what a way to be welcomed. You know, I think they knew what I could do, but even though I went up there and struck out and uh, my first at bat, I might have been a little nervous, but uh, to give me a standing O on the way back, and uh, it was a great feeling, a great welcome. So that that moment stands out for me before all the other ones come into play. When fans see you guys come back, they always like to know what are you up to now. So uh, how do you occupy your your days now post baseball? Uh, I do coach some with Team Canada when you know the WBC or the Pan Am Games, uh, World Cup, the uh, the Premier 16 or in Taiwan, those things come up. So I do coaching with them. Other than that, I kind of pick and choose what I want to do when I want to do it, and, and that makes me happy right now. It's uh, you know, My kids are almost all grown up. The youngest is 16, the oldest is 25, with an 18 in the middle, so um, they're getting to be on their way. But as we speak right now, I'm, I'm going to be flying back tomorrow to my cabin up in British Columbia where I go for six weeks, and I normally don't leave it in the summer. This is one of the few times I've ever left it during the summer during my six-week stay up there. With, uh, you can only get there by boat, and there's no electricity, and I just check out a life for a while. Back inside our Bush Stadium press box studios, we turn now to John Tudor, our second alumni for the day. John played 12 seasons in the major leagues. That included five with the Cardinals, and it was tied for the most he played with any one team. He also played five with his hometown Boston Red Sox. But at the end of his career, he got to make a choice. Where was he going to sign? And essentially, I think he knew going in, kind of finish things out. And he chose St. Louis. I thought that that was interesting for a guy from Beantown to decide that he wanted to come and play again for the Cardinals. Says a lot about the experience that he had here, too. Historic, a legacy franchise, great histories. But uh, he wanted to be a Cardinal to finish things out. We talk about why that was the right fit for him. 1985, really good to John. 21-8 and overall with a 1-9-3 ERA. But if that's all you knew, you really wouldn't have the whole story on why that season was so special. He started the year 1-7 through his first eight starts, then he went 20-1 and one to round things out. Of course, Vince Coleman, also a one-of-a-kind season in 85. That was Vince's rookie year, and he stole 110 bases on a Cardinal team that could run like crazy, that was exciting the way they hit, played defense. Uh, it was a solid team up and down the roster in 85, but I don't know if it would have been quite the same season without those two. We talked to John Tudor about his 85, his career, and his thoughts on Vince Coleman. Let's get to it. John Tudor on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. You know, Vince coming up in in 85 coincided with your big year. With a firsthand perspective like that, what was the thing about Vince that people need to understand that just made him so prolific at what he did? He was fast. Now, Vince was was, uh, the the fastest guy I've ever seen in two steps. You know, he was at full speed in two steps, and he was um, he intimidated pitchers, and he made pitchers pitch uncomfortably when he got on base. And he was definitely the catalyst of the of those uh, '80s teams. 
when you're on the hill and you know you have a guy like that and I mean a couple others with a lot of speed behind you, does that change the way that you can pitch or think about certain counts or maybe just change the confidence level of if this ball gets hit, it's maybe going to get run down? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think that you just, as, as a pitcher with that kind of defense behind you and especially those three outfielders, you just, you know, shame on you if you don't throw the ball over the plate and make the hitter put the ball in play, which is what, what my game was anyways. And, uh, you know, so that's what I tried to do. Along the same lines with uh, Ray Langford, when you played with him, that, that overlap, what was unique about Ray? Certainly probably underappreciated in, uh, in Cardinal history. Yeah, Ray was a great player. I, you know, Ray was a young player when, when I, I think it might, might have even been his first year uh, when I played with him. So I don't remember a lot about him as a player. Uh, I know I'm a, a really good guy. I've got to know him over the years and obviously was a, was a, you know, was a, was a great player here with the Cardinals. and. Uh, what I think the uh, most home runs in Bush Stadium, I think, right, for uh, for a Cardinal player. So um, happy for both those guys to go in. It's, it's, it's a great accomplishment. My understanding has always been that after a couple starts in that 85 season, you got a phone call from an old friend, and that kind of maybe changed some things that season for you. Tell me uh, about that, if you could. Yeah, it was a mechanical fix. Uh, it just kind of... Um, I don't know if it actually fixed her, if it fixed it physically, or if it fixed it a little bit mentally, and um, or if it, the roll just kind of started at the same time. But it, you know, we got off on a pretty good roll and and uh, and kind of rode the wave all the way up to the seventh game of the World Series. Throwing a complete game, and you threw several of them that season. How is it different, maybe, than any other game? Being able to get through those nine innings, what has to break right in order for a pitcher to do that? Well, you have to be winning first of all. <laughs> Usually, uh, you don't throw a nine-inning complete game. Uh, you'll get a few eight-inning complete games, but um, and obviously you, you're 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 still being effective. You know, the difference between now and then was if you had a starting pitcher that was still being effective, he's still in the game. Uh, whereas whereas now they kind of go to that strong eight-inning guy, or their and, uh, and followed up with their strong closer. You know, they've got such power arms sitting out there in the bullpen that uh, that it would be a shame to waste them. And then last thing, you know, playing in St. Louis, two different stints with the club. Why was this maybe a comfortable place for you or a place that you enjoyed pitching? I enjoyed the ballpark. I enjoyed the defense. And I enjoyed the fans. You know, it was, it was a great atmosphere here in St. Louis. Always positive. Uh, playing for Whitey was fun. Um, I, I knew I was always going to get a, you know, a fair shake from Whitey. Uh, he let you know you know, how things were going, whether it be good or bad. And that's really all you can ask of a manager is, is for him to be in your corner and, and to let you know when you're screwing up as well. What a phenomenal year in Cardinal history, 1985. Tudor and Coleman, the head of a talented, dynamic list of contributors for those NL champion Redbirds. Mentioned it a little bit ago, but the home slate winding down. I cannot believe it. This summer, this season flying by, and I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'm starting to get the feeling maybe there's more baseball to come after the end of the regular season. But we'll let that play out on the field, and you want to make sure that you get here to see him in the regular season with some great promotions still ahead. Like when Beatles Tribute Night returns to Bush Stadium. That is slated for Friday, August 31st. With the purchase of a special themed ticket, fans receive an exclusive Beatles-themed Cardinals shirt. Get your tickets at cardinals.com slash theme. 
Some exciting news to pass along to you, a little order of business before we say goodbye today on the podcast. We launched in April 2017, so we're in our second full season of the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Thank you if you've been with us since the beginning. Uh, Thank you if you listen at all, period. Without you, this, uh, I mean, it doesn't happen. If nobody listens, uh, we can't commit the time and the resources to it. So we're really thankful that you listen, and we're also really grateful and thankful to announce to you that we're expanding our reach. Basically, from the start, we've been available if you use an Android phone on Podbean or if you use an iPhone on iTunes and the Apple Podcast app, and anybody can access through a desktop or phone at cardinals.com slash podcast. That's been great. All three of those outlets have been very good to us, but we are just delighted to announce that Cardinals Insider is now available basically anywhere that you get your podcast. And I'm going to give you this list just this one time, just so you can kind of hear. And some of these (laughs) formats, to be honest, I'm familiar with almost all of them, but there was one or two that I hadn't even heard of. But I'm glad that, uh, you know, knowing that the podcast community is definitely diverse on how they listen, when they listen, why they listen, I'm glad that we can give people all these options. So you can listen at Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Acast, Player.fm, Podbean, Blurby, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, and of course, still iTunes, Cardinals.com slash podcast as well. So wherever you want to listen, uh, any of those places, and basically I can say it now, anywhere that you get your podcast, you can listen to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. We're really grateful that 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 is the case. Thanks to the folks at MLB Advanced Media for making that happen. And thank you to you for listening today. It's been a lot of fun. We'll be back with you next Tuesday. If you'd like to get in touch between now and then, you can always reach me by email, podcast with an S, at cardinals.com. Whatever you want to talk about, comments, questions, concerns, I'm always open to hearing them at podcast with an S at cardinals.com. We'll talk to you next Tuesday in time for the drive home. As always, until then, for Larry Walker and John Tudor, my name's Brett McMillan. We'll catch you next time on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.